0: Welcome into another edition of the Jungle Juice Podcast. It's Sam Gormley and Mick Nelson with you. Mick, did you, did you have a good Christmas?
1: Yeah, I did. It was a, it was a good time hanging out with uh, with my wife's side of the family over in Richmond, Kentucky. Shout out to the Markham family for having a great Christmas. And uh, yeah, glad to glad to be back and uh, ready to talk some football. How was your Christmas?
0: It was good. Uh, good. Yeah, no, know it was good to get up and get away for a few days. Uh, it didn't start great didn't start great at all on on saturday as the bengal's i don't know if they were more playing the grinch or something but rudolph saved christmas um we'll talk about that uh coming up on the show a little bit later on but yeah it was it was good to you
1: know get away and see the fam uh, did you get any bengal's gear yeah i got this little uh this little quarter zip really like it i'm going to wear it to work tomorrow, tomorrow i think or maybe maybe friday
0: it seems like that's a Friday thing for uh for, for yeah, something like the, that. But no, the games on Sunday, yeah. Yeah, uh, the game how
1: has- was your or would you get any Bengals gear?
0: Yeah, I've got I got a little pullover as well. I didn't I didn't wear it because I've I've been working all day and literally just got home about twenty minutes ago. So I've been rolling. I, I know as our joke is here at work, rolling Mach Nine with my hair on fire, and that's pretty much what what it is. I've been running around wild all over the great state of Kentucky most of the day. But hey, we've got a lot of good stuff planned as coming up on the show today. We're gonna dive into the debacle that was the Steelers game. I think that's a good word. Agreed, Mick. Debacle. Uh. Dumpster fire. Dumpster fire, crap show, whatever you might want to call it. It wasn't great. Uh, We're going to talk all about that. Um, And then we're going to, again, take a a deep look at the playoffs. Because as bad as it was on Saturday, the picture is still there. And the path is still there. Now, you've got to do some things for that to happen. But we'll talk about that. And then, of course, we will break into Bengals Chiefs 4. I think is, is the best way to describe it. The fourth matchup between these two teams here in these, or I guess it's five, isn't it? It is five. five. It is. Bengal Chiefs five. And I just, let's see. Can I edit this and make it five on this end? Oh, well, nope. apparently not. Well, look at me go. Well, maybe we can do that. Well, it looks like I screwed up already. Well, that's great. Who knows Roman numerals? It's great. We're here for it, and we're really excited to bring you, though, talking about the Bengals and the Chiefs coming up on Sunday. We're back to Sunday, which is nice. The, the Saturdays just kind of throw my entire weekend off. Because my, I, I don't know, it just feels weird. And this past Saturday was a weird Saturday, too, because I know I didn't work much on Friday, so it was just, it's it's weird. And and I'm glad that we're going to get back to a somewhat sense of normalcy for Christmas or New Year's Eve showdown with the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I feel like the high school games during the winter time or during winter break really just throw off your schedule. Uh, Correct. Yes, there's, there's... a bunch of weekday like middle of the day oh, yeah. games, isn't it? Like, oh yeah,
0: like we did a game at 30 this afternoon. I mean, my God. when yeah. else would a high school basketball well, game be? not realize
1: that parents still work? Uh, or,
0: or I work too, but you I guess work. Yeah, technically but... my job, but Regardless, it's it, it, it's fun. Uh, it could always be that. But let's let's dive into that game against the Steelers. Because I, I think that there are a couple of takeaways for it, and then I think there's a bigger picture discussion that is important for us to have from it. Uh, as a whole, though, Mick, your main takeaway and feeling from the dumpster fire slash debacle slash whatever you want to call it that was the game on sa- Saturday...
1: Um, biggest takeaway um, this defense is completely lost without DJ reader on the field
0: and you know what I guess we can jump into the bigger bigger picture discussion because I think it's the important one it's the most important one for this team and that was literally what the question was is how concerning is this defense long-term because there's a lot of questions. Screw the rest of this season. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing they can do to fix it this year. There's nothing. I mean, listen, it's it's not like they're going to pull somebody off the street that is going to do what DJ Reader did. It's just not going to happen. No. But the question is, is how concerning is this in future years, especially next year? To me, that is, like you, the biggest question coming out of that game against the Steelers.
1: Yeah. And it's really concerning, too, because I doubt Reader's probably going to be back next year, uh, just given his age and the way the Bengals treat uh, players going on their third contract. Uh, but it's not just uh, DJ Reader on the interior line. He may be the only one this year, but Tufele is out. You know, Tufele is going to be gone uh, after 2024. B.J. Hill is going to be gone after 2024. Um Tupo hopefully is just gone after this year uh, because he offers nothing. Uh, Zach Carter is retained for another two years, but uh, I, you know, after two years, I think we've seen pretty much all that he can do and what where his ceiling's at. I mean, you know, the, the team's going to have to make some really some really tough decisions come draft time in 2024, come free agency in 2024, because. Uh, yeah, especially in the D-tackle market, there really isn't any viable options. I, I feel like everybody that's decent in the D-tackle market is going to be out of the Bengals' price range because they're not going to want to spend – how much they spend on I, D.J.? About 16 mil a year?
0: Uh, in fact, here, I'm going to look it up while I'm going. Yeah, it was uh, four years, $53 million, so an average salary of thirteen point two five. But he had some roster bonuses and guaranteed it's signing and so on. I mean, adjusted
1: a- for inflation, it's probably at sixteen. I would say yeah. 16 mil, 17 mil a season. Uh, they're not going to be able to deploy the resources at that position uh, like they usually do. And then you talk about other needs as well. I mean, you're going to need to find another receiver probably to replace Boyd or maybe they resign Boyd and, and, and tag Higgins and you just have the trio back for one more season. Um, you're going to have to maybe find some more cornerback depth uh, there's a lot of there's a, there's going to be a lot of holes after this year um, that they're going to have to be tasked with with finding uh, viable starting options going forward in the defensive line. The interior defensive line probably the most concerning to me as to as to whether they find good solutions for that.
0: I agree. I, and to me, that is the biggest worry, because let's say they do resign. DJ Reader, let's just say that they do. Who's to say that he's ready week one? Yeah, because I mean I also, know that this injury is look at his
1: injury history too. Sorry, it, it, sorry to cut you off. It, yeah, yeah, no,
0: it's it's the quad injury. It's it's the same injury, different leg. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know whether this injury means makes it more likely that he would maybe come back on a one year prove it deal, or less likely that he would do something like that. Because the one pro, now, D.J. Reader. I mean, you look at D.J. Reader. He was a fourth-round pick. I think a fourth, third, fifth. He was a middle-round pick out of Clemson for the Houston Texans. Most guys like D.J. Reader you can find in the middle rounds. And if we're being honest, what position have the Cincinnati Bengals over the last 20 years drafted better in the middle rounds than any other defensive line? Like they could can't draft a middle round linebacker until you know Pratt and Wilson it but they've hit on a lot of defensive linemen in those middle rounds to me that third fourth fifth round to find a guy that even if you bring back Dj reader in the one year prove it deal to be kind of the Dax hill you know as far as let him sit behind reader for a year maybe you bring back tupo or something like that is maybe one of the most important points Portions that I'm going to be looking for when we start talking about the draft here in a couple of weeks, which again is still there's plenty of football left to play before we even really mention the D word.
1: Yeah, Uh, I know you're 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 talking about you know past successes and mid round defensive tackles. uh, You know, you know to come to mind, Geno Atkins obviously is is the you know is the main thought there, fourth round pick in 2010. But um, I don't know, I I don't want to put too much stock into that just because. I think the Bengals coaching staff is probably more heavily involved in draft decisions than other teams. I mean, I know Duke has been retained as the general manager for for God knows how long, uh, and, and he has found those guys. Um, but, you know, if we're looking at mid-round D tackles that Zach Taylor's picked, they've all been duds. Two names that come to mind, uh, Zach Carter, who's currently on the roster, and Rennell Wren, who I don't even know. Is he in the league? No, he, In, in Rennell Wren's, d-
0: d- uh, he had a lot of injuries, and that you can't really blame on, on a coaching staff. Like, he came in and immediately had, like, broke his femur, or like he had some nasty injury with there. But he's also, I mean, Cam Sample has been considering where he was drafted, yeah, has okay. been pretty decent. Uh, I mean, Wyatt Hubert, you had bad luck there that the man got a concussion and decided to retire. Like, how, how do you, like, can you fault him there? So I don't, I don't really know. But to me, and we're getting a little bit off off the rails with this. That is going to be one of the things that when we talk about the draft, that I know that I'm going to look at and see who who could be the DJ reader or so on. I know that Geno Adkins is. You're not going to draft those every year in the fourth round, obviously. But still, there are just interesting discussions that could be had with that. I know Tommy asks here. You know, should back bring back Eli Apple? No, I.
1: Yeah, no, I, 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 I love think that, that the, you know, the I sorry, but I, I love that, you know, the the uh you know the defensive back room's been pretty bad this year, but everybody's solution is to bring back Eli Apple, who was by far the worst quarterback on the roster the past two years. Uh makes no sense. Dude literally got benched last year. And if Cheeto didn't go down, he wouldn't have seen uh much of the field at all in the second half of 2022.
0: I think the thing with Eli Apple, more so than on the field was off the field. Meaning more of the tweets, the posts, the media—it just got to be a little bit too much of a headache, and I think the team was just ready for him to move on. But I I think you know, you—it was funny. I think in our group chat, you had some message saying they need to bring back Cheeto, and then like, yeah, and then I immediately, (laughs) and then like three out of the next four plays, he gives up touchdowns. Which I'm not, I'm not, because listen, I don't disagree with you.
1: No, no. And to defend my comment here, Cheeto had a really good string of games like the past three or four weeks. Uh, but this game was uh, was awful. Really, 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 really bad.
0: And 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 what I give him a lot of props props for is he owned it. Like yeah. he he literally after the game said, "This game is on me because the Bengals secondary made George freaking Pickens look like Jerry
1: Rice." Yeah. Now I will say the uh, the. The deep ball touchdown that Pickens had against Cheeto. So the second, the second touchdown Pickens had, Pickens definitely got away with the shove off. On he that, did on absolutely. The, he, he got away with one. Now did Cheeto still get kind of beat? Yeah, he did. Pickens was behind him, and it was a really good ball by Mason Rudolph, probably his bester of the day. Um, but yeah, I mean. Cheeto had a really bad game, and I'm glad he owned up to it. That second, that that deep down, that deep ball touchdown should have been called back, though.
0: Yeah, and, um, and I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. And I mean, listen, the Pickens catch he made against the sideline—it's a great catch. Like, tip your cap. It was a great catch that he made. That he—I still don't know how he got both feet down.
1: Yeah, I think it I, was. I, I think it was a huge, just bad luck game for Cheeto. Now, Cheeto got burned on other occasions. Those weren't the only two times in the game. He definitely got burned on that acrobatic, like, oh my God, catch by George Pickens in the yes, second that's quarter. that's the
0: one I'm talking. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's one that you, in in a way, like, yes, it's on the defense, but then also you almost just have to tip your cap and be like, wow, like that, that, wow, that was a great catch. <laughs> like, yeah, and, no, it was a really like, good catch. Yeah, well, without question. And I think that the defense is is maybe one of the biggest takeaways from the game as a whole. Um. Because it, it was really, it, it, you know, passing, they gave up a lot of easy plays, and then didn't really get much pass rush either, which I was very disappointed in
1: as well. Yeah, yeah, the interior defensive line shot. B.J. Hill hasn't had a great year. Um, Zach Carter being in there and Josh Tupo offered absolutely nothing in pass rush and in run defense. They were getting blown off the ball uh, Anytime the Steelers ran the ball up the, up the middle uh you know and it, it was a good thing that you know that logan wilson had a really good game that they that they could uh that he could kind of manage the the woes of the interior defensive line and the Steelers only ran for you know i think three point nine yards per carry which isn't awful uh but yeah the interior defensive line is is a problem without reeder
0: and and a lot of that is to be expected like yeah. when you lose Maybe your best player on defense, an argument could be made. You know, it's probably him or Hendrickson is the best player on that Bengals defense. You're obviously going to feel it. And I I think the, the biggest thing with that is how does a defensive coordinator then help out as far as trying to do some things with that? And uh, I know Tommy says here he would dra- he would draft a defensive tackle with a first round pick. And listen, there are some guys there potentially in that mid first round. I know there's the guy from Illinois,
1: Jerzah Newton. He's Correct, a, he's a really good prospect. I really he is. Like him.
0: He's probably more of your B.J. Hill, where he's yeah. kind of more of the three technique. Whereas you, pro- you, and again, you like I said, you don't find nose tackles in the first round though. No, it, it I is, mean it they're, is. they're
1: they're devalued. Uh, pos- they're a devalued position. Uh,
0: Correct. I'm trying to even think off the top of my head. I did. Who was the last nose, true nose tackle drafted in the first round? You might have to go back a little bit with that. I know you're better at remembering specific names potentially in the first round, but those guys just don't Uh, get
1: drafted as much. Yeah. Mozzie Smith is the only one that comes to mind. The uh, nose tackle out of Michigan, Michigan, drafted by the Cowboys in 2023, 2022. Yeah, but it's it, it's
0: it's not something that happens all the time. But I do think that the three technique, and listen, I, I wouldn't be against it too, is I don't know that there is an elite edge first-round prospect, because I haven't really uh, gotten that far into draft stuff, but I wouldn't be against another edge. You're, you're looking at teams like the Steelers, and if we can talk about the offense for the Bengals, I know you're not going to find T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. You know, those guys don't necessarily uh, grow on trees. But when you have an offense like the Steelers, who, yes, they played well, and they made some big plays, but is not a good offense. You want to rely on your defense, especially late in games. You want guys to close out games. And right now, on that Bengals defense, they have been opportunistic. But, Mick, if I told you, are you confident in any guy, if if the Bengals need it, like, let's say on Saturday, or on Sunday, It's the fourth quarter. It's third down and eight. Bengals are up three or up four or something. The Chiefs are driving. Trey Hendrickson is on the bench for whatever reason. Is there anybody on that defense you would be confident in and coming in to get a sack on Mahomes? And the answer is probably not. I mean, I would maybe, say, you, you I, would say who, Miles,
1: I, I would put Miles Murphy up in that category. Okay. He's had a really good pass rush he has, rate uh, over these last couple of weeks. weeks. Yeah, over the second half of the season, I think in general, I think but, Miles Murphy has shown his uh, shown his potential. Now is it at the same rate as a Trey Hendrickson? Of course, uh, not, yeah, not necessarily. But uh, you Miles know who Murphy I almost would have the, the most game.
0: confidence in in that is Mike Hilton.
1: Yeah, you know, sending a safety blitz there. I mean, not really and, what and, Lou likes to do in games on the line. He likes to only rush three and keep eight in coverage. But
0: Correct, and especially against Mahomes. He's probably, you know, but uh, still, again and again, we're getting our, ahead of ourselves. The the offense, though, I don't know that the offense played as bad as the score shows.
1: No, they left a lot of points on the board. And now, they Browning played about as bad as the score shows even though I don't think Browning it's weird he like either, he'
0: was either but he, was either, he wasn't good
1: he was either having like he's either throwing a really nice pass or he was throwing a pass that should have gone to the defense or did go to the defense it was uh you know or wasn't much in between they left a lot of points on the board whether it be from turnovers or them Going for it and turning it over on downs, which there was only really one instance where I disagreed with Zach, and that was on it was one of the third quarter drives. Um, it was their second drive the third quarter. They were down thirty-one to eight, and I was like, I kind of agreed. Like you're down by a lot, might as well go for it. But then again, the down and distance was a little long, and they probably should have just kicked a field goal. But yeah, I mean there was I mean they, it seemed like they were driving the ball for for a good chunk of the game and they were just uh, turning the ball over either on downs or you know with interceptions.
0: Yeah, and sometimes that's just how the game works too and that's when and when you have a game like that that you would hope when you're going up against a bad offense that your defense can keep you in it. And a lot of that was is like you look at the run game again they kind of abandoned the run a little bit but also they had no freaking choice they were down so no. much they had to pass the
1: ball yeah and, and you're you going to have that, you're, you're going to have those people that 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 are going to point that out they only ran yeah. the ball 15 times or whatever and
0: but you were down by so much, and then there were a lot of complaints too about blocking. You know, your T.J. Watts and Alex Highsmiths, and don't get me wrong, it wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination. But as Todd Blackledge, who was doing, you know, the color analyst on on Saturday, he made the great point of, when they know you're gonna pass, it becomes even easier for elite defensive ta- de- defensive ends, and they yep. knew that they were gonna pass, which just allowed for them to tee off and do whatever the heck they want. And, that, and that's kind of the thing, is that's, to me, you've got to rely on your defense to keep you in the game because you do not want to fall behind with a team like the Steelers that have great edge rushers because they will put the game away. Yeah, and, and they essentially
1: did. I mean, you know, Highsmith and Watt both had really good games. Uh, Bengals' offensive line wasn't up for the task. Jonah who started off the year really well, has completely fallen off the rails. Uh, Orlando Brown Jr. uh, was, again, disappointing. Now, he did have a really good three-game stretch prior to this uh, with the Jags, Colts, and Vikings games, but he kind of came back crashing down to earth. Um, You know, they gave up only 20 pressures on 48 dropbacks, which is, you know, pretty average. But uh, their pass rush win rate was... uh, was pretty abysmal and uh i mean it just kind of shows a testament to to what browning was dealing with and you know he was definitely having to get the ball out quick uh you know this type of game just you know really reminds me of a of a burrow calf injury game from early in the season where the offensive line couldn't get anything going and you're i don't know you're 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 just relying on screen plays quick pass plays and 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 it's not like browning processes as quickly as Burrow, even though I think his processing skills are, are pretty decent. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was just a terrible, it was a bad game, really bad game.
0: And that happens when you're starting really a rookie quarterback. Like, yeah. I know Jake Browning is not a rookie. He's a rookie. I mean, he's he's played now, what, five games in his NFL career? Six?
1: If I guess Brandon did can count- technically be a, a rookie at 28, Jake Browning can be a rookie at 27
0: yeah even though he's been in the in the league for a while but it's you cannot recreate going up against TJ Watt when you're playing in a preseason game in the fourth quarter against you know the Rams whoever it was last year whatever there is a smidge of a difference between whoever the Rams edge rusher was in that game he's probably selling cheeseburgers down at the local McDonald's versus one of the best edge rushers in the NFL right now in in T.J. Watt and a guy that could just completely wreck a game. Uh, I, I think the Zach Taylor discussion is an interesting one as well, because it saw it brings any time the Bengals lose. It brings out the people and, and I need to learn to just ignore them. But they drive me crazy. I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, the, the and I.
1: Because honestly, like, you had a
0: really good post on the okay. Houdain Nation Facebook group, uh, and I don't know that I told you that, but I I think I saw it at like three in the you morning. You loved it.
1: You, you did a little did love I? reaction. Okay. Well, there to you it, go. So that's Cool.
0: I got you. Uh, what did you kind of what was that post for those that aren't in the Huda Nation Facebook group? What was that as a whole?
1: I mean the 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 point of it is just. You know, you gotta sit back and look at the way the team has responded since the Burrow injury. Yeah, this game was awful. It was a really bad game. We even talked about this mid-game. We were waiting for kind of that Jake Browning crash down to earth game because Jake Browning's still a backup quarterback in the league, but you know, has proven that he could be a pretty quality backup. He could win ball games uh when push comes to shove. And the the way that the team has responded. The three weeks prior, the game plans that Zach's put together for the offense, which I think uh, you know, they were very good game plans. Um, in the way that Jake Browning has just looked so poised, and you know, and some of that credit does go to Jake Browning because of because of his mental acumen and how good he is. But Zach Taylor, you know, should be getting all the credit in the world due to this. And, you know, I, I've been one to think. You know, over the past three, four years, that Burrow is, you know, they make the the Brady Belichick argument, right? They're like, how much of his Brady? How much of his Be- is a Belichick? And I feel like you're having that same argument right now with Burrow and Zach just because of how great and mentally strong of a quarterback Joe Burrow is. But then Joe Burrow goes down with the torn wrist ligament injury, and Jake Browning comes in and Jake Browning's looked really good. The offenses look functional. Uh, Zach has kept the locker room together. Um, you know, you're 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 seeing uh, some rookies in Jordan Battle and Miles Murphy come out and play really good football. DJ Turner at times. I mean, you know, I has the 2023 season been a disappointment? Yes. Uh, I think we all thought we were going to the Super Bowl or at least making a really deep playoff run this year. But I think it is a very pivotal and important season to see what this coaching staff is made of and and what these guys could do when they're faced with adversity because it seems like all year this team has been faced with adversity. And, and the point of the post was kind of just to highlight that and, and not to focus so much on the negatives, which you know me. I love focusing on negatives. I'm a very negative person sometimes, uh, but I'm also not blind and I'm also not, you know, I, I would like to think that I'm not like just this misguided, angry Bengals fan that that's yelling at the cloud. Anytime something goes wrong. Uh, so yeah, I, it's sorry to get on a rant there. But no, was... no,
0: I, I preach T- to me. It's, it's twofold too. When we're talking about Zach Taylor as the Bengals head coach. Here's the most important thing, Mick. He's not getting fired. No. He's not getting fired. He's not. He's not. Listen, you can say what you want. The Bengals let Marvin Lewis be their head coach for 17 seasons. Yeah. He's not getting fired. So so listen, anybody even even making it up, I really think Zach Taylor could walk into Mike Brown's office tomorrow, pull his pants down, take a dump on his desk, give him the double bird, and Mike Brown would be like, oh, Zach. You know, kind of thing like that's just how the, they are very loyal, maybe loyal to a fault, but doing it. And I saw somebody comment in the in the in the it might have not even been the Huda the Nation Facebook group. It might have been uh, on the Bengals page. It might have, Who knows where I saw. But the comment was, I would rather have Marvin Lewis than Zach Taylor. And here's the thing. Listen, we can have the discussion. I think Marvin Lewis, what he did here was unbelievable. You know, he brought us out of the 90s. Yeah.
1: He did a lot of things. And no shame on Marvin
0: at all. Yeah, we we love Marvin. Here's the thing, Mick. And it and it all surrounds the number seven. And I don't know if you know what I'm meaning when I say the number seven between Marvin Lewis and Zach Taylor. Both have coached in seven playoff games. Zach Taylor five and two. Marvin Lewis. 0 oh, seven, that five and two record for Zach Taylor is absurd. And for anyone that says the man can't coach, I think he should just point to that and give him one of those. Yeah. Because listen, and, and you can say, oh, it's Joe Burrow. If we're being honest, Mick, Joe Burrow has not, has not looked like, I mean, he has had some elite moments, but in the playoffs, he hasn't always looked that way.
1: It's very so, Brady esque. It's very Brady esque the way that Burrow operates in the playoffs, which is really just game management. Don't turn the ball over. Keep finding the team a way in to the win ball game and find a way to win. Uh, and and the, all that credit should go to Zach, a lot of that credit should go to Zach as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up two parallels here between Marvin and Zach, and I'm gonna I'm gonna squash this argument right here. 2023 season, Burrow goes down. The team was rolling. And you have Jake Browning, and and he responds. You know the team responds. We're still hanging around in the playoff race uh, with a nine and or we, with an eight and seven record. Twenty eighteen Bengals, where five and three, five and four. Andy Dalton goes down with the season ending injury. Jake Browning comes in, and what does the team do? Jeff Driscoll, six and ten. Six and 10. Jeff Driscoll comes in. Team goes six and ten. He completely loses the locker room. Marvin gets fired for, um, you know, gets fired after his seventeen-year tenure. Um, and yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, it's a lot of blame. Not gonna put a lot of blame on Marvin for that. But you we're looking at two parallel seasons between those two. I think that's all the evidence you can show that 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 Zach Taylor is is the better head coach and and the way that his teams respond. I'll give you another example. 2008 Bengals Stuck with Ryan. That's Fitzpatrick. where I thought you were going.
0: That's where I thought you were going.
1: Now, the 2018 season is, more of a, is a better parallel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're, of you're not wrong. I thought you were going to drop a Ryan Fitzpatrick mention,
0: which was just going to make me very happy.
1: So, yeah, I, 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 I'm I done with the Zach slander. Uh, I, I personally am not going to do it very often. Is he the best? Is he a perfect play caller? No. Uh, but, um, he is nowhere that, near
0: as bad as some fans make him out to be.
1: No, no. I mean, we've seen, I've seen Zach call together some, some perfect games I and mean, the San Fran and Bill's games back to back the, the Jags, Colts and Vikings game, um, you know, back to back to back. It's just, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs>
0: as a whole though, any other takeaways for the Steelers? Or you want to start talking about playoffs here a little bit? before we um, jump into Chiefs? I know you said yeah. you took extensive notes,
1: but I don't oh, know I took a them. lot of notes. I mean, we've covered a few things. Uh was I will say I was uh, a little disappointed in Andre Yoshivas and his uh and his starting debut. Uh, he had two drops in the game, but he did also have a crazy catch where Browning gets drilled in the first quarter, throws a lame duck throw that really should have been picked off and uh, you know, Yoshivas made a really good catch on that play for first down. Um, I do see here on this the Bill, goal line. Bill has he that. wasn't on hey, the goal line, it wasn't the red line. I agree, they should have just snuck the ball on that play. I, I was a but little, but here's also the
0: thing how much faith do you have in that Bengals offensive line against the
1: Steelers defensive line? It's better to at least try it at least once. Right? They, I don't think they've ran a sneak. How many times have they ran a sneak this year? Jake Brownings had multiple, he
0: had two or three touchdowns this season on. on Why not? If
1: there's a success, there's a a success behind it. Why not do it?
0: And listen, I'm not
1: uh, now it's a higher percentage play than going one-on-one with T and Joey Porter Jr. That's the only, that's the, yeah. And
0: see, I'm, I'm very much, I don't like to go hindsight's 2020 as far as Mm -hmm. play calls, because listen, they very well could have blitzed Joey Porter, trying to get him around the edge. T against is wide open. And it's a touchdown. And then we're saying Zach Taylor's a genius, great play call and so on. It just didn't work. Or what, here's the thing. If he'd have run it on fourth down and inches and gotten stuffed, fans would have been like, Oh my goodness. We haven't been running the ball. Why didn't they pass?
1: So that's I what I think. It's just hindsight. I feel like You're going to have a very small faction of the fan base that reacts in that way. If somebody try if the team tries to sneak the ball in for fourth and short, uh, you know, red zone play. I, I don't know. That's, yeah, I don't I feel know. like that's an 80-20 fan. I feel like 20% of the fan base at most would have that reaction. Did you have any other main takeaways, though, before we went to Bill's comment there? Uh, one or do you want to start here. talking
0: about playoffs here?
1: Because I think Let's it's very start talking about playoffs. playoffs. If I have any other thoughts, come by. They'll okay. come you know. to you. Because here's the yeah. thing.
0: For the Cincinnati Bengals, it's this simple. If they want to make the playoffs, they have to win the next two games. If they lose one of these next two games, more than likely they're not making the playoffs. It it I mean, yes. listen, can it happen? Yes, they can still make the playoffs by winning one of these next two games technically. But if they want to make the playoffs, they win these next two. I know that the percentages say it a lot. If they win these next two games, the Cincinnati Bengals I think have a 93% chance of making the playoffs. And I don't know about you but I kind of like those odds, Mick. 93%, that's that's pretty solid. Now, if the Bengals don't win the play, it don't win one of these two games, I mean, those odds continuously drop more and more and more as we go along, as the Bengals are 8-7 and seven entering this game. Right now, they're at 19%. they are at 19% right. right now.
1: Is there a chance they could be mathematically eliminated if they lose to the Chiefs on Sunday? I'm trying
0: to see. Okay, so here it is. If the Bengals lose to the Chiefs, they have a 7% chance of making the playoffs. Okay? If they, in fact, actually, technically, if they lose both games, apparently they have a less than 1% chance. Well, actually, no, this now says zero. So I'm wondering if that's literally like pure anarchy needs to happen for them to make the playoffs in in that stretch. But if they, so let's say they win against the Chiefs and lose against the Browns. That would put them at a 22% chance of winning, whereas if they lose to the Chiefs and beat the Browns, it is at about a 15% chance. If they win both games, they're right at about 95%, 94%, somewhere in that realm. So here's the thing. The Bengals have to find a way to win these next two games, and if they lose one, then it's great season boys, um... 2024 twenty four off
1: season, yeah, yeah, draft free agency. let's you know get on it. so yeah it, they're gonna really need some things together yeah. away I mean there's no there's no guarantee even if they win both of these games that they make the playoffs. i mean ninety three percent chance is uh, is a pretty high probability, but uh they're still at seven percent that that lingers there, right? so I think so, they like, best. Their best bet, I think, in winning both of these games, because I just don't have any faith against the Browns, is beat the Chiefs, hope the Browns win on on Sunday, or no, hope they win tomorrow against the Jets, right? They play the Jets on Thursday. I think Um, you're correct in saying that. They do, yes. Hope they beat the Jets on Thursday, and they're resting starters in Week 18. You need to put some soap in your mouth by saying you hope the Browns win.
0: Oh, (laughs) <laughs> just doesn't I mean, feel right. I can't do it. I yeah. only cheer for them two games a year, and it's when they play the city near West Virginia. And I don't really cheer for them. I'm cheering against the other team.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that's really their best bet, because if you're if you're having you just saw the way this offensive line responded to T J Watt and Alex Highsmith, how's this offensive line gonna gonna go against Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith? I feel like that's We saw that happen in week one. It was terrible. It was really bad. Now you had a hobbled burrow in that game, and it was a bad weather game, yada, yada, yada. But uh, we've seen that this offensive line hasn't been able to handle uh, elite edge rushers um, or elite defensive linemen uh, pass rushers. I mean, I feel like that's their best bet because I don't know. I just don't see them winning the Browns game.
0: So here's the thing. When we look at this too, I think it's important to also look at who the potential first round matchup could be right now. One and two is going to be one of dolphins Ravens. It'll be something like that. And guess what, Mick? Huh? Who, uh, who happens to play on, on Sunday? Oh, dolphins Ravens on Sunday, which to me is wild that that game is stuck to be a one o'clock game. And what very well could be the most important game of the season you know, an argument could be made that that is one of the most important games of the NFL season to see who's going to get the one seed. Because the winner of that game gets the one seed in my mind, in my eyes.
1: The winner of that I game. Th- I don't even think it's subject to opinion. I think, I think actually is, you're right.
0: Now that I'm thinking about it, the only it again. two
1: eligible number one overall seeds now in the so, AFC. Yeah, it is.
0: The winner of that game will be the number one overall seed in the playoffs. So that would mean that, you know, if the Bengals are the seventh seed, they get the loser. Of that game, if they sneak in as the seven, whereas the six, you're more than likely looking at headed to Kansas City.
1: More than Which likely, I'll, it's probably going to any three. day of the week. I would take that any any day of the week right so now. So
0: I ask you then, if you're the seven seed Bengals, who do you want at Miami or at Baltimore? Because to at me, I, I agree. Now. Miami's wide receivers scare the living heck out of me because of just based on how our coverage has been. But I don't know how they will potentially rise to the uh to the the expectations and the pressure that would be hosting a home playoff game in the opening game whereas this Bengals team has been here before
1: and won road games before in the playoffs. Yeah. And if if I could point this out, and and it maybe my perceptions changed a little bit on the Dolphins because they did beat the Cowboys last week, but uh who have the Dolphins really faced this year? No one. I mean they faced the Bills and got blown out. Eagles lost.
0: I mean they uh, they've lost yeah. most of their big games. Now they do they do finish. You know, I mean, heck, they finish with a brutal schedule. They go Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. You're going to learn a lot about them in that three game stretch. There's no question about that. But that's also, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just very, very interesting because there is, I think, potentially still a scenario where if the Dolphins lose these next two games, the Bills win the next two games, the The Bills Bills could be the team that could sneak in there as the two seed. And that. Would be one that would not necessarily excite me much, but I'd still rather play them than Baltimore.
1: So, where are the Ravens at? Are they 12 and three? or are they 11? They're 12 and three. So, I guess the Browns are the Browns technically eligible for the number one overall seed? Uh,
0: well, here, let me uh, let me uh, switch my my gears here on on doing my thing. But I think it, it is just very interesting with all of this on all of the playoffs. So, technically, uh, Oh, wait, what am I doing here? I don't, I, okay. This is uh, confusing me with this. I don't know when it comes to that. I don't think the Ravens have clinched the North, but I also think pure like anarchy would have to happen for them to not. I think they'd have to lose. This would have to happen. Um, Somebody would have to do this. and Somebody would have to do that
1: and so on. So to win the North, I think what the Ravens would have to win out, the Browns would have to win out. And I think the Browns win just based off, well. Who won the games in the, did they split the season series? So I guess yeah, we jump into like conference record. Series. and Well, their division record would be the same if that scenario happens. And then it goes to conference record or does it go to similar opponents record? Conference would be next. Well, their conference record would be the same as well, I think, because they're both playing AFC teams to end the year. And then what, is it? <laughs> then what does know. it go to? Well, That's luckily, it.
0: <laughs> luckily for us,
1: we don't necessarily have to, to worry about that. I guess
0: we the only way we do is if the Bengals make the playoffs. And in that case, then I'm going to be just a happy man because they made it. And I didn't really think that they did. Uh, but they do have the Chiefs coming up on, on Sunday. And I think this is a good time to at least dive into that. Because if they lose on Sunday, then all of this discussion about playoffs is really for nothing because yep. they it it's just it's more than likely not going to happen. Injury report for the Cincinnati Bengals, Ja'Mar Chase did not practice again today. On the other side of the injury report, something that is more positive, Cam Taylor Britt designated to return from the IR and was a full participant in practice today. For a defense that has been struggling in a secondary that has been on the ropes, that has to be music to Luana
1: Rumo's ears that he's getting back probably his best corner. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. Um, You know, DJ Turner hasn't had a good stretch of games over the past probably six weeks or really ever since he was thrusted into action after the game against Baltimore. But, um, yeah, CTB being back is huge. Uh, The Chiefs receiving core isn't nearly as... Well, it's crazy. It, it really is crazy that with the Chiefs' receiving core because it's it's virtually the same receiving as last year, but you're replacing Juju with Rasheed Rice, and I think we would all we would all say that Rasheed's better than Juju. Um, let's,
0: let's let's come back to the wide receivers here in just a few minutes when we talk about diving into the specifics with that. Let's go to the Chiefs' injury report really quick as well. Okay. Legarius Sneed. Jalen Watson, Isaiah Pacheco, Donovan Smith, and Kadarius Tony all did not practice. I'm very interested if Kadarius Tony did not practice because he's just scared of Mahomes. Like I feel like Mahomes, if he sees him like walking around, does he like key his car? I'll I tell can't you what. imagine.
1: <laughs> After the way Mahomes played against the Raiders, nobody should be scared of Mahomes. Mahomes looked like absolute garbage against the Raiders on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Monday, yes, on Monday. And then Trey Smith
0: was limited one of their guards, so you would expect him to play. But, I, I mean, I think it's interesting. You've got some big names on that list for players that did not practice for the Chiefs today. I mean, Snead, you know, one of your corners.
1: It's one of the better corners in the league the past yeah. three or four years. And, and
0: I feel like he's had good games whenever the Bengals have played him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pacheco, um, Donovan Smith, And then, I mean, listen, let's be real. Tony has not had a good year. Tony's not great, but there isn't much behind him as far as that. I don't know that that is a massive loss, but it could be something that would at least be at least somewhat of a factor with it. Uh, it's just it'll be interesting
1: to see how this all goes off.
0: You want to talk Bengals' offense against the Chiefs' defense or the Chiefs' offense yeah, against
1: the Bengals' well, defense first? We'll start with the Bengals' offense against the Chiefs' defense. I think Browning will look a little bit better in this game. They're not dealing with uh, nearly as bad of a pass rush. Uh, really, you're, their main guy in terms of pass rush the, for the Kansas City Chiefs is, uh, while well, we all know him very well from last year, Chris Jones. Um, their edge rushers in, in and in Karlaftis and Omenahu are they're okay, they're decent, but they're not world beaters by any stretch of the imagination. So I think the offensive line should probably return back to form like they did against Jacksonville, Minnesota, Indianapolis, etc. Um, now. Uh, what i'm going to be interested to see and and i really hope jamar chase comes back this week and i'm not really sure if he will but um, you know the chiefs do have a pretty good quarterback duo in legerius Sneed if he's playing and trent mcduffie who's been pretty good but uh they've shown some parallels with their with their safety unit this year uh, but the difference is our safeties are very young and inexperienced and the chiefs have justin reed the worst uh the worst trash talker of all time. <laughs> and then also Brian Cook, who has hey. you know, been pretty mediocre uh, for most is of his... Is he worried
0: career. about my boy, Tyler Higby?
1: Is, wait, what's the joke there? I can't remember. Just
0: Justin is. Reed thought Tyler Higby... He's, I think he thought yeah, he was talking about T. Higgins and he started talking about Tyler Higby. Yeah,
1: that's what it was. Yeah, I, I just remember mm. him just mm. talking trash and he just sounded like an idiot. But... Um, yeah, so I mean they they've kind of got a problem with the with the safeties on their back end this year, but their corners have been pretty decent. Uh, so I think that'll be an interesting matchup. I really hope Jamar can come back and play. If not, um, if LeGerry Sneed's out, then I think that kind of you know neutralizes it a little bit.
0: Um, here's here's uh, really quick, Mick. I hate to interrupt you, but we've got some good. breaking news, and I don't have a breaking news soundbite. Uh, how about this? No, that's not even close to That's not here. This is called Dance Pop. Let's play this. Maybe this will be breaking news. Okay. Breaking news Willie Anderson has been named a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame Class hey, of 2024.
1: Hey, congrats to Willie. So, yes, that's, that's absolutely. Sorry.
0: Okay. I felt that, that was more important to interrupt you with. Oh, yeah. No, no, you can
1: interrupt me with that type of news any day. Any day. Uh, congrats to Willie. Uh, much, yes. Much deserved. Get in one of the best right right tackles in in NFL history and has been long long snub for the Hall of Fame for like at least a good 10 15 years now
0: absolutely uh for me a couple of stats that stand out to me when when looking at this defense here for the for the Kansas City chiefs is the their defense against the pass you know if we're just talking pure yardage wise third best defense in the league when it comes to going up against the pass, as far as that. Now they do blitz. Fifth highest blitz percentage in the NFL, and they rank fourth in total sacks. Now, both of those, Mick, as we've talked about, can be a little bit misleading. Yes. And as far as pass rush, I think for the most part, they did a pretty good job against a blitz-heavy team in the Vikings, who I think the Vikings defense de- de- defensive line is a little bit more like the Chiefs then the Chiefs is like the Steelers yes. as far as just in that realm. And, I, and I'm by no means compared, like, it's, it's more of that realm where I think it is, like you said, more advantageous for this Bengals offensive line. Because really, for the most part, they've done a decent enough job against the Chiefs defensive line during the previous four matchups
1: in this. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, really, the only time you saw the offensive line become a liability is... The tail end of the AFC Championship game, where the Bengals had who starting Hakeem um, Adeniji, Jackson Carmen, Jackson Carmen, Max Sharping. Um. So yeah, and that was really the only moment during the Chiefs, you know, any of the Chiefs games where the offensive line looked like an absolute liability, and and cost them a game. Um. But yeah, I think I think they should be able to handle this Chiefs pass rush really well. Like I said, I mean, there's really one, there's only one really good pass rusher, and that's Chris Jones. And luckily, he's an interior defensive lineman. And yeah, is he going to be lined up on Bolson a little bit? Yeah, but Bolson's been playing fairly decent um, the past five or six weeks or so.
0: To me. Uh, this game is going to decide whether a Quarter of Olsen is the starting left guard next year for the Cincinnati Bengals, or if they're going to make a change.
1: I think it is too. Um, you know, and, he's he he had a really really poor start to the season, uh, to the point where I was really hoping they bench him and put Cody Ford or Max Sharping in, or but, even you, uh, or even I think would have done better. At one at some to add a little more weight, but uh, do you yeah do you need to add more weight? <laughs> I, I guess mean, I'm, weight I'm fat, differential. But I'm not that fat. Yeah, that's different. in different spots. I guess. Well, I'm just need Penn Station every day, and we'll be good. Um, but um, yeah, your cardiologist I recommend with, that. I don't know. I don't get a cardiologist, but uh, I agree with you in that sentiment, though. With with Cordell Volson, is that uh, this this is going to be the talent game if he can at least neutralize Chris Jones a little bit. And and uh, not be a liability. I think he's probably going to be your starting left guard this, you know, in twenty twenty four, especially with how strong that he's he's kind of come off over the past you know month or so.
0: Switching gears, talking about this Bengals defense against the Chiefs offense, and I just wrote down two words or two names: Mahomes, Kelsey, because that's about yeah. it. So and even Travis is Kelsey is about 75 years old when you're talking tight ends in the NFL.
1: Yeah. So Chiefs had a really bad game against the Raiders. Um, Part of me is kind of worried, are the Chiefs going to have that bounce-back game because they desperately need it and they still have Patrick Mahomes as quarterback. But uh, the Chiefs' offense hasn't looked the way... um has looked the way that it that it usually does uh, you know in comparison to the last 4 or 5 years or so i wonder how much of it has to do with enemy leaving and, and matt Nagy coming in uh the, the the unit looks just a lot more disjointed and it's crazy because in the skill position players they haven't seen really any turnover and really should have improved because you're just swapping out like i said earlier you're just swapping out Juju Smith-Schuster for Rasheed Rice. Now the offensive line has seen a lot of turnover. I wonder if that has just um, permeated itself throughout the whole offense. I don't know. but uh, The Chiefs offense hasn't looked great, but you're always kind of worried with how bad of a game they had against the Raiders. They're going to pull out all the stops and try to get their mojo back. And and they're going to have a lot of a lot of extra emotion in that it because it's against it's against the Bengals their are rivals um, and it's crazy because you know just looking at the parallels over the past three years I think both franchises both teams in 2023 are having equally disappointing of seasons um, and,
0: and the biggest difference is is that the Bengals disappointing season is surrounding losing the starting quarterback
1: yeah I mean, and eh, kind of, yeah, but it, and the I, defense I, has been a disappointment as a whole. The defense has I think the offensive line's really been a disappointment too, just because of how men, how much how much in terms of resources have been deployed to the offensive line, and we're still getting low tier play out of out of the unit. but um yeah, it, it, they're just having parallels a, a parallel they're just parallel franchises at this point. Um but yeah I, I am worried to see if, if Mahomes is gonna have that bounce back game. If Pacheco is good to go, I do I I I I'm honestly frightened uh of him running up the middle against Zach Carter and Josh Tupo and BJ Hill. I think he's going to have a field day if he plays. Uh Pratt and Wilson are gonna have to they're gonna have to blitz, I think, pretty heavily in this game, especially if Pacheco is is ready to go and and they're going to be running up the middle a lot
0: you're, you're not going to mention future
1: Cincinnati Bengal Clyde Edwards hilaire um he he he's all right I don't I don't know they, they just offer very different styles of running and I think they probably would be able to stop Pacheco a lot more or not Pacheco stop Clyde Edwards hilaire a lot more um you know because if you, if you look at look at the Steelers game you know they, I think they contain Jalen Warren just fine for the most part. But Najee Harris just ran up the middle and um, and just had a field day with the interior offensive line. Now imagine a Najee Harris on the Chiefs, but he's actually like a really a decent running back. He's actually a really good running back. That's Isaiah Pacheco. Um, Damn. So well, yeah, Najee I'm Harris little... is
0: catching catching strays on a podcast, not even directly about a Steelers game. Wow. No.
1: No. Inadvertently about a Steelers game, but yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. but yeah, I mean, if you're if we can't even handle Najee, I don't even want to think about the way that yeah, you know, this uh, this D line's going to play against Pacheco. Uh, so that that definitely scares me a little bit. Okay,
0: we, we we at least have to spend thirty seconds talking about it. Bill brought it up. Is Taylor going to be there, Mick? Is she going to be there?
1: Oh yeah, it's Taylor New Swift. Eve. It's New Year's Eve. It's the Bengals it's the Bengals game, you know, Travis, I think Travis has a, like, I think the Bengals have a special place in Travis Kelsey's heart. Like the hatred part of his heart somewhere. He's uh, a dra- jabroni, right? In that one that is line, man. Yeah. He, he went out the mayor pretty badly. Uh, you know, kind of rightly, rightfully deserved. By yeah. I, I mean, like that, but, yeah. Um. <laughs>
0: um but, uh, listen, I, I don't really care about the Taylor Swift angle, and by that, I don't have an opinion towards her. I really wanted to avoid talking
1: about her today.
0: Um, Well, I mean, we we have to. Bill brought it up, so you can blame Bill for for at least leaving a comment about Taylor Swift. Thanks for watching,
1: by the way, Bill. (laughs) Yeah, appreciate. We do
0: appreciate Bill always mentioning comments. But I think you know. Let's be real. For those watching at home, you're going to hear about it. They're going to show her. Just get used to it. Just suck it up. Yeah. There you go. Because here's the reason why we were having this conversation at my house. Why do they show her? Because then her fans will watch the game and the ratings go up. Higher ratings mean more money in their pockets. Whatever happened to principal? Uh, Old money is a whole lot more important than (laughs)
1: that. Money money is the principal. Anyways, yeah, Taylor's going to be there. It's New Year's Eve. Uh, Bengals Bengals take on... What's that? We want to talk about defense real quick. We did. Oh, we did. I yeah, thought we, we were talking about the yeah, offense yeah, as a we, whole. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, we did. Okay, never I, mind. I Go think. Ahead. I think.
0: Well, I was just going to say, Bengals take on the Chiefs on CBS, four twenty five. So they get that window. Jim Nance and Tony Romo will be on the call on Sunday afternoon. The official for Sunday's game. Are you ready, Mick? Sure. This will be a name you know. John Hussey will be the okay. official. Bengals are 5-3 and three in games. John Hussey has officiated. Notable games, the Rams this year. The Chiefs home game last season. You know, the so one in the early NFC December. The, sorry, the home Chiefs game, my bad. home game Bengals okay. in, in early December of last year. Okay. And the Ryan Finley game. Those are just some notable games and I love it. That game will always be known as the Ryan Finley game. And if you're a Bengals fan watching, you already know which one it is. And we got to do our, you know, goofy yeah. little smile there for that. Uh, so John Hussey will be the official on Sunday for Bengals. Chiefs Mick. Any other final takes? Or you want to jump
1: into your keys to the game and finish them up with some picks? um no i don't think i have any other final thoughts um keys to the game uh if pacheco is ready to go um blitz 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 because it's the only way you're going to neutralize the run game up the middle um offensively um i i like to see them throw the deep ball a little more try to exploit justin reed and brian cook as much as they can um yeah, I think if they unlock, you know, a good like mid to deep passing range, I think that we're gonna see some success on the offense. And also, uh, don't leave points off the board in this game. Uh so don't don't find yourself in situations where you are leaving points off the board. Uh whether you're you know, you get to fourth down and and, and you're and you're going for it or you know, turning the ball over. So red zone, I guess we'll say red zone, red zone offense key to the game.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think you're, you're hitting it on the nose as far as picks for the game. You want me to pick or you got it first?
1: It went last week. Was it you? Or was I don't really you? remember. I think it was I, me. I, you go first.
0: Chiefs 27, Bengals 17. I've, uh, I, I think what you were mentioning about five minutes ago or 10 minutes ago talking about the, the chiefs have kind of sucked the last couple of weeks. They're playing the Bengals. It's at home. It'll be an hyped up atmosphere. I think it is a recipe for the Mahomes bounce back game. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I am predicting the chiefs 27 to 17 against the Bengals. Um, And, and, and I'm a little worried that that, 17 will be a late touchdown by the Bengals to where it is really never close. So I'm taking the Chiefs to beat the Bengals and the playoff hopes die in Kansas City. I'm
1: going to go with the slightly more optimistic route because I think that's these rare. Two,
0: that's rare the, <laughs> between us two. two.
1: I think these two teams match up pretty well against each other. I think that it's going to be a pretty even game. Um. And I just think that Zach Taylor's teams play their best ball against Kansas City because, you know, we hate them. Uh, I'm going to go with Chiefs 24, Bengals 21. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. a game-winning drive by Mahomes to, to end the game. Uh, I think it'll be a really close one. Uh, I will say, I... I think the seven-point spread is uh, enormous and... Uh, a really bad spread for Vegas. They should be putting that down a little bit. Well, I will say, Mick, that
0: I think only twice this year have we picked both picked against the Bengals, San Francisco, In Jacksonville. and Jacksonville, In Jacksonville. If we have to keep doing it, I am willing to take one for the team, Mick.
1: We can't. I we am can't willing just, to do. You this ruin. Problem. You ruin the, jinx <laughs> the mojo. If you intentionally do it. Yes, but uh, well, let's be
0: real. If they won this week, you'd probably pick them to lose against the Browns next week, unless they were sitting everybody.
1: Yeah, that that that's the caveat okay. there. Yeah, that that is the caveat there. So, um, yeah. Bengals Chiefs on Sunday
0: afternoon in Kansas City. Uh, I know I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what better way to bring in the new year than uh, another great game? hopefully, between the Chiefs and the Bengals. Uh, Remember to uh, follow us on our social media channels, uh, Jungle Juice. You can follow the WDN Today page on Facebook as well. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform as well. We have all of the coverage that way to get you ready. We'll be back next week. Luckily, my schedule should be normal, so that'll be nice. Uh, So the Bengals will play or we will recap the Chiefs game and get you ready for... Who knows what next? I mean, literally no one knows what next Sunday's game could mean or Saturday's game could mean, because I think theoretically it could still get moved to Saturday. We have no idea what it could bring. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again next week.
1: Any parting thoughts? No. Well, happy New Year, everybody. Uh, and uh, be safe. Be safe on Sunday, and hopefully we see a victory. Who
0: day? Yep, that'll wrap us up for this week. Until next time, who day?